today is from John chapter 16 verses 29 through 33 and then Jesus disciples said now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions this makes us believe that you came from God you believe at last Jesus answered but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home you will leave me all alone Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Would you all pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you are greater than any other thing, any other that we could go after. You are greater. And today I pray that not only would we proclaim that to each other, but also remember that in our lives. Lord, you are amazing. And I pray today that we would hear from you, speak your truth, and let it be heard. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I have to apologize to Steve because he asked me, so I'm doing everything else on the list, right, Greg? And I said yes, so I forgot to mention that, Rachel. So that was, that was my snafu right there. <clears throat> but I, uh, I, I'm going to make up for it right now with a story for all of you. It's time for story time with Greg. <clears throat> when, I was, uh, when I was in high school, I was actually a senior. I had an opportunity to... Um, to go do something that I was not very excited about. My youth pastor at the time, Jeff Bredesen, uh, invited me to go to a track meet. It's a community track meet where <clears throat> you go and you sign up for any of the events that you'd like to do, and you can uh, go and participate in them. And I don't like to run. I didn't like to run then, and, and I really don't like to run now. But um, he invited me, and I liked him, so I was thinking, well, I'll, I'll try it. I'll see what, what happens. And so I went to this community event. I thought, you know, the way he explained it, there was going to just be people on the field, and they're all kind of doing their own thing, and it's all these events going at once. Well, there's a huge crowd in the stands. This is Sparks Stadium that I went to. So there's this huge crowd in the stands, as well as people on the field. And, and he was right. There was lots of things going on. But uh, I went down, and I signed up for uh, the, the two-lap. I, I don't know. It's, somebody knows what that is. Two times around the track where... The 880, thank you. So I went down and signed up for the 880, and, uh, <clears throat> and I'm thinking, okay. So I got signed up, they call my race and, and my age bracket, and I come down, and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be like a marathon, nobody's going to see me, it's going to be great. You know, it's not going to be a big deal. Four people, and I was one of them. So here's four people. <laughs> it's the only event that's going on, right? So nothing else is going on right now. All eyes on my four people, and I felt like they were all on me. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get, this is going to be good. I'm going to do, I'm going to do well. And, and so they said, you know, everybody get ready. And, and, uh, and, and these, these guys got into these stances. And I'm thinking, 
tonight. I should know. All right, I'm ready. I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I tried to look good. I kind of got in some stance, and I said, get set. And, and then I froze because I thought that's what it's, you know, you're supposed to. Okay, now I'm set. And, and go, and, and, uh, and so <clears throat> I start running, and I'm thinking, hey, this is, this is not so bad. I kind of like this. And, and I'm keeping up with these guys for the first half lap. And then I'm starting to go, I don't know if I'm even going to make it around the first time. Uh, and so we're running. And, and I'll save you all the rest of the details. Um, I, by the end of the race, I was at least a half a lap behind the last runner, which, again, there were three people. So uh, they had to wait until one person got the rest of the way. I, I kept thinking, okay, I could just bail into the crowd inside the track. I could... I could I could run up into the stadium and just say, hey, good job, guys. Act like I was, I was there for support. I had all these ideas that I could do, and, and instead I thought, well, i gotta, I got to finish. So I went around the track, and, and everybody applauds, you know, the, the last runner. <clears throat> so um, let me tell you, I was not ready for what, what was there. I had not prepared in any way. I was not ready to go out there and do what I thought I might be able to do. Um, <clears throat> so that brings me to, uh, to the graduates and, and all of us, really. Um, but I want to speak to the graduates just a little bit about this as well. Um, some of you have been together for 13 years um, some of you have been together for four years of college, six years, whatever it might be. Some of, some of you guys have been together for a long time. Um, sorry. <clears throat> some of you guys have been together for a long time. Uh, that's five days a week. Um, you've been together uh, six hours plus a day for those five days a week. You've done Sunday school. You've done youth group. You've done Bible studies. Uh, there's lots of things that you've done. Now, if we look back at our scripture at verse 29, 16:29, we're going to see what Jesus says to his disciples, or the, actually the disciples said about Jesus. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. They were finally ready to hear Jesus speak plainly and without figures of speech. They were finally ready. They were finally at this place. Um, and I'm going to ask us all to think about how the disciples got ready. How did they get ready? Well, some of the same things that we've done in school. You know, they, they did Bible studies, I'm sure. Um, they did, uh, they, maybe they did, the, you know, the youth group. Um, maybe they did Sunday school kinds of things, uh, whatever that might be. But they were in schooling doing some of those things. I also know that they spent time with Jesus. The disciples absolutely spent a ton of time with Jesus. They spent most of their waking hours for three years, and they just are finally getting to that place where they're getting it. They're getting it. They're finally getting to that place where they're understanding Jesus a little bit, and he's, he's going to speak to them plainly. I, I want to ask you are, you, are you ready to hear Jesus speak plainly? Sometimes I think, yeah, just tell me what to do. And other times I think, well, wait, you know me better than anybody knows me. So I don't know if I want you to speak plainly to me. But are we ready? I want you to ask yourself, are you ready? And do you want that? Also, something else they did to get ready was they asked. You can see in the, in the Bible, they asked lots of questions. Um, and, and also, if you look in James chapter 1, verse 15... It talks about um, asking for wisdom. 
It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, and I know this is talking about wisdom and not necessarily being ready, but I think wisdom is a piece of being ready. So I'll continue on with James uh, 1.5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, um, he should ask God, who gives generously without finding fault. But then it continues on, but he who asks should not, uh, should not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed. That man should not think he'll get anything from the Lord. So we need to ask, but we need to ask with right motives, knowing that God's going to give us. God's going to get us ready. Um, He'll prepare us. Also, in John, just before this, in John chapter 14, Jesus says, and whatever, uh, excuse me, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son of God may bring glory to the Father. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Again, he's saying to ask. There it is. If we, uh, if we move on to the next scripture, oh, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up just a little bit. Do you want to hear Jesus plainly? Um, I think we need to spend time with him. We need to go through the schooling. Um, but we also need to ask. We need to ask that God would get us ready. Talk to him and spend time with Jesus. Verse 30 has been kind of a mystery to me for a while. I, you know, I, I look at that verse and, and I looked at it in every translation I could think of. I looked up the, the, the Greek roots and, and references, and, and I'm trying to figure out, I, I, this is, I read some different commentaries, and none of, them really, none of them really explained it as the scripture was written. And so I, I finally, as I was going through, I, I had this, maybe it was an epiphany through somebody else's work, but I, you know, we, that's sometimes what we have to do. So look at verse 30 with me, just briefly. Now we can see that you know all things, and that you do, do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. That, uh, this makes us believe that you came from God. This makes us believe that you came from God. He fin- they finish with that. Um, now we can see that you don't need to have anyone ask you questions. Well, why? that was my question. Why would people need to ask Jesus questions? Well, here's what it came down to for me, the epiphany. And, and maybe it'll ring true with you as well. Uh, what I thought was, or what I read and, and, and thought at the same time was, um, he knows our hearts. He knows man's hearts, and he also knows our minds. He knows what we're thinking. If you go through scripture, there, were, there are places where um, it says that Jesus knew what they were thinking, and so he says this. And so he, he knows our minds, and, uh, and therefore, we don't even need to ask him questions because he knows exactly what we need. Jesus is in their presence he knows what they need. They don't need to ask him questions because he's going to give it to them. He's, they were ready, so he gave it to them. They, they said this, it, it just they were really, okay, now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Okay, wait, you just told us that we should ask. And then you're telling us, wait, don't ask. Well, <clears throat> I have an explanation for that, too. Uh, I, I do believe that this is more of a sense of awe with the disciples. They're like, Wow. Now we know. You don't even need to have anybody. It's kind of a figure of speech. You don't even need to have anybody ask you questions. My statement is, <clears throat> maybe, maybe he doesn't need it, but we do. We need to ask. So that's for us. Don't take this as a you don't need to ask God for anything because he knows exactly what you need. He does know exactly what you need. But also we need to ask. The disciples were just in awe saying, wow, we don't even need to ask you anything. You just know and so there it is um, with Jesus in that. That's, that's how I can understand um, that verse. Wouldn't that be exciting to have a teacher like that in school, in college, and wherever in life? 
that you didn't even need to ask. They just knew what you needed. Well, you've got him. That's pretty exciting. Excuse me. Um, So we need to ask. We need to make sure we ask. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, James, I love it. (laughs) James is ready. We're going to move on and make sure that you're set then. Um, So if we move on to, uh, to verse 31, look at verse 31. It's pretty short. Jesus says, you believe at last, or you believe at last, Jesus answered. What did they believe? Let's look back into 20, verse 29. Tell me what they believed. There it is. What, what was it? He came from God. He, they believed that he came from God. And, uh, and if we continue on, we would ask the same question of ourselves. What do you believe, though? Do you believe that Jesus came from God? What would it take for you to stake your life on that truth? That Jesus came from God. Absolutely, I would, or what did it take? Maybe we're there. But what did it take or what would it take for us to stake our life on that truth? I think that's what this verse is getting at. That these guys believe so, so greatly. They believe so much that Jesus came from God. That they, they would stake their lives on this. Now, what does that mean for us? What would we risk what would we risk for that belief? What would you be willing to risk? I, I don't know what it is. I think we need to take some risks for our belief occasionally. doesn't mean we have to stand on the soapbox and tell everybody they're going to hell if they don't turn, and burn, or turn or burn or whatever that might be. There might be a place and time for that, but I don't think that that's necessarily the truth for all of us. And I think that uh, there is something that God wants to do in each one of us. Um, and are we willing to risk, to stake our reputation, to stake what we know of God, are we willing to risk something to move forward in God? At last they believe. What do you believe? Are you set in your belief? If you're not set in your belief yet, come and see somebody here at the church. Come and see Pastor Mary or Pastor Steve or come and see myself and, and we'll talk and, uh, and, and I'll get you set straight. We'll get you set. We want, we want you to be set and especially before some of you are going off to college, we want you to be set in your belief. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a song out there, and I think I've, I've quoted it before, but you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. If we don't know God's word and if we don't stand and we're not set in God, then the world is going to blow us in all directions, and we're going to have doubts and we're going to have struggles. That's not to say that doubts are always bad, but we are going to go through those things. Come and see us if you're not set, but I hope we're set. So Ready? <clears throat> set. Here we go. We're going. Okay. Here we're on with uh, with John twenty nine thirty two. If you want to look at that one, look back at verse thirty two in our scripture. But a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. So obviously, this is speaking to the disciples about the time when, uh, when Jesus goes to the cross and they're all going to be scattered. They're not going to be uh, with Jesus anymore. They're gonna, some of them are going to go to their home. Some of them are going to follow from a distance. Whatever that might be, they're going to be scattered. <clears throat> you all are leaving a school of some kind, the graduates. You're all, you're all leaving a school. Uh, some of you are leaving a college. Uh, some of you are leaving high school. Some of you are moving on to second grade. 
we're, some of us, we're, we're all kind of moving on in our lives. I, I would hope that we're all uh, celebrating a graduation today. Um, some of you, again, have been together for 13 years. You're getting scattered to do, some of you, more schooling. You're going to go on to do more. Some of you are going straight into jobs. Some of you are going to do both of those. Um, and some of you are just going to go out and see the world. Whatever it is, you're being scattered now. There's an opportunity for you. And I want to explain that just a little bit more. Um, there are two other times when the Bible talks about being scattered, at least that come to mind. There, there are other times when the body was scattered. But one of them is when uh, the people decide that they don't need God anymore. They, they, want to, uh, they want to be their own God, and they build something. Anybody remember that, that scenario? The Tower of Babel, yeah, okay, so we, we've got that. We know that that's in, in uh, chapter 11 of Genesis, it talks about that. The people decided that they just, they, they wanted to be their own God, and they wanted to build a tower that would reach the heavens so they would make a name for themselves, that people would know. Uh, and, and, and God scattered their language and the people, and they, they were scattered all over the world, and the language was not, um, was not set together. I don't want us to be at that point, and that's the reason that we're scattered, is because we think we've got it all. We're done. We got through high school, we got through college, whatever it might be, and we're done. And now we're being scattered because we think we've got it all together and we can do it. We can do it on our own. We absolutely have to have God. Uh, and there's another scattering. If you look up, um, and we'll see if we can find it up on the screen, but um, Acts chapter 8. I'm going to look it up in my Bible. Acts chapter 8, and we're going to do verse 1. And I didn't prep them for it, so uh, they might even beat me there. So, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Wow, that was fast. You guys are way faster than me. I'll just read yours. <clears throat> And Saul was there giving approval to his death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jeru at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Okay, so Saul was there. We know who Saul is just a little bit. He becomes Paul later on. Uh, he was there uh, giving approval to um, the, the first, we, we call him the first martyr. Um, but uh, th so this, this man had died and they're moving on to, uh, to talk about how the church was then scattered. Everybody was scattered around. Now, can you go to verse 4? Just, uh, just three verses down. So looking at verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. I think it's beautiful. We think that the scattering is kind of a, a negative thing, a bad thing. But it's really, it's a good thing for the church. It's a good thing for God. God is being glorified as they get scattered. So don't be the type of scattering with the Tower of Babel. If we're going to be scattered, let's be the, scatter, the scattering of going out to spread the word. If we are ready, if we are set, then when we are scattered, the word of God will be spread and we will glorify God. And remember, the, the part of this at the end as well, Jesus says, remember, you're not alone. Or at least he says, I'm not alone. I won't be alone in this time, but he says in other places that we are never alone. We're not alone. In Matthew 28, verse 20 it's, it's at the very end of the Great Commission where Jesus says, you know, all authority in heaven, on earth is, in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. He goes all the way through this telling him what to do. And then the final thing is, and I will be with you always until the very end of the age. I will be with you. You are not alone. As you go out and we're scattered, 
remember that there are other people around to, bring, to help bring God into your life. They are the hands and feet of God. Also, God is never absent from us. God never takes off. He doesn't take a vacation from us. He's always with us. Okay, ready, set, go. You are now in the race. We're, we're running along. Okay, I, I want to tell you, uh, let's look at John uh, 29, first, really quickly. We'll finish. Um, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. I think that's exciting. We'll get to that, sorry. I, I get ahead of myself. Um, it says, Jesus didn't say in the world, you might have trouble. It's possible. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. That's right. In this world, you will have trouble. Get over it. We're all going to have trouble. It's going to happen. It's going to come into our lives. Um, there, uh, there was a time when we used to go to, with my family, when we used to go to ocean shores um, very often. We'd go down to Ocean Shores, and the thing that always intrigued me, the thing that I loved to go and do was the jetty. Have you seen the jetty out at Ocean Shores? The big, giant rocks that go way out into the water. Depending on the tide, you know, they go way out into the water sometimes. And so I would love um, to go out, and I would go pretty much as quickly as I could to the end of the jetty. I would, uh, I would almost run on these big, jagged rocks, taking steps, uh, as fast as I could, and, and it, became, it became a race between a friend and I, my, my buddy Mike, we would go, and, uh, and we'd get on these rocks, and we'd just run as fast as we could, basically. I know uh, my parents probably weren't excited about that, because they're, we're running across these big, jagged rocks. You know, one, one bad step would be a, a bad thing for us. Um, but we didn't focus on the trouble. We didn't focus on, well, if I fall, I'm going to break my leg. I focused on the goal, I'm going to get to the end of that jetty, and I'm going, to, I'm going to get there as fast as I can. It wasn't even to beat my friend. It was just to get there as fast as I could. It was just a fun thing for us to do. Um, I didn't focus on my friend. I kind of knew where he was, you know, but I didn't focus on him. My focus was, I'm going to get to the end because it's so cool. And, and my focus also wasn't on his race, watching, well, it, it, I want to make sure that he steps on, on good places, and, and that's, that's okay, but if I would have done that during my race... I would have wiped out and, and definitely hurt myself uh, tragically. <clears throat> it, would have, it would have been a, a bad situation. So here's what I say to you about this. To me, it shows us how much the world pulls at us in so many different directions. Now, uh, now that some of you are still in high school, some, wherever we're at in life, the world pulls us in so many different directions. You, in this world, you will have trouble. But we don't focus on the trouble. We don't focus on someone else's race. We can help other people out in their race, definitely. We know where they're at. They're in our, but that's not our focus. And we don't focus on, um, on either where they're at or, or the, where they're stepping. We are, we are in our, we're in our own race. And again, that doesn't mean we block everybody out. But I think we need to, to, to make sure that we, we realize that it's, that it's our focus to get to God. It's our focus to find God. Um, what happens if, you, if you're running along in a race, and uh, this didn't happen to me, I'm glad I didn't try out for the hurdles, and you hit a hurdle? You've seen people that are running in, in a race. Even, even sometimes in the Olympics, these guys will hit a hurdle. What do they do? Oh, I'm done. Forget it. Can't, 
can't do this thing. I practiced for years and now. No, they don't, they don't stop. Of course they don't stop. They keep running. They keep going. Um, I, I played a video at youth group one time where, where a, um, a child fell down when they were running at a race. And, uh, and they kind of focus in on the child. And these other kids come back and pick the kid up, and they all go across the line together. It's just, it's just really cool. So there's other people around. If you fall down, you don't give up either. It might be frustrating, but you get back up, and, and it was just a, a cool thing. In the Christian church, I hope that we have people that come around us, pick us up, and help us get across that finish line. We don't just give up. On the other side of that, what do you do if you win the race? What do you do? I'm done, retiring at the top of my game. I'm out of here. No, in our Christian walk with Christ, we don't, we don't retire at the top of our game. Well, we might retire. But uh, the point is that we continue on. Uh, God always has something more for us. God always, if, if he didn't have something more for us, he would not be a very big God. He's always got something more for us to go on to, something better, something bigger, something more. So we don't give up. We don't stop, no matter what happens in our lives, even the bad or the good. We keep going. The troubles, you keep going. Press on. There are people here that are going to come along beside you. They are God's hands and feet to help you along. God is always with you. We don't give up. So what's our goal? What's our goal? Some of you, uh, some of you are, are, well, we're, we're going to go back to the scripture and look at it. We're, we'll find it in scripture, our goals. God will give us our goals, right? Those are, those are things that are there. I want to play a video for you. Um, that helped me to think about uh, my goal in Christ. There's a, there's a time in my life where um, I absolutely knew that I was doing my goal, or I was searching for my goal. I was going after it, and I had it in focus. Um, and not that, not that it's not now, or it couldn't be always, but, um, but there was a time in my life, and, and, and I'm going to play a video for you from, um, from a movie that some of you have seen and all of you have heard about, I'm sure. You've heard of the movie Chariots of Fire, um, and some of you have seen bits and pieces of it. There's a scene in it that we've, we've talked about before, but I don't think we've played it, and I, just, I, want, you to see, I want you to see the scene um, that, that comes up here. And you have to listen carefully because there are a lot of good words that happen in this. So um, if you would just uh, view this and... We'll come back and talk about it. The final of 400 meters. Taylor, Etats Unis. Numero 278. Don't expect I'll see you till after the race. What's the deal with this guy, Little Coach? Here, problem? No problem. He's a flyer. He's had two races today already. He'll die. Just swing along, you guys, and wait. After 300 meters, rigor. Good luck, Taylor. Watch out for a little. Coach says no problem. He's got something to prove, something personal. Something guys like Coach will never understand in a million years. me, I will honor. Good luck, Jackson Shores. 
So where does the power come from to see the race to its end from within? I believe God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Apologies for uh, the glitches that happened there. You it came in on the exact moment I was praying, Lord, let them hear the right line, and it came in on the perfect moment. Um, I believe God made me for a purpose. God made us for a purpose, absolutely. And our purpose is to glorify God in our lives and, and to enjoy him. Um, and <clears throat> we talked about that a few weeks ago. Our purpose is to glorify God. But then he says, but he also made me fast. He also made me fast. He also gave you talents. He gave you great things. Um, I had an opportunity in my life to go to a, an event called Jesus Northwest. Some of you have heard of it. It's kind of what creation, the creation festival at the Gorge was, and now it's in Enumclaw. Um, I had an opportunity to go there as a, as a student, and I will never forget when I felt God's pleasure more than any other time in my life. He said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel God's pleasure. I was at creation, and um, there are, it was, a, excuse me, Jesus Northwest, and there were about 35,000 people at this event. Um, it's, so it's, it's pretty big. And we had just finished doing some singing, and, uh, and there was a, um, a speaker, or a time that kind of is interim time in between things, and they were waiting for the speaker to come on. And, and, uh, and I, I sat there, um, and in my mind, I started to sing. And then it just came out, of my mouth, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. Um, and I, I, more than any other time in my life, I felt God's pleasure. He was taking pleasure in me, singing out to him without thinking about anybody around me. And um, I tell you this not to glorify myself in any way, but because I didn't even realize it was happening until it was done. Um, the, the entire group of people started singing the song that I was singing. And so this huge mass of people is singing. And it's all over the place because there are 30,000 people. It's an, there's an echo going on. And so, but everybody around me is singing so strong and loud. 
And I didn't even realize it until I'd opened my eyes and looked around and, and all these people are singing and, and there's nobody on stage. And I thought, this is what it's about. For me, it's, it's when I get to be in God's presence and I get to sing with God. What is it that you feel God's pleasure in? That's our goal. That's our goal is to find what you feel God's pleasure in. Um, if your goal is to feel God's pleasure, if your goal is to hear Jesus, Jesus plainly, if your goal is to be set in your belief, and if your goal is to share whatever, whatever, excuse me, the word wherever you're scattered, I'll tell you this, you are going to have trouble. Sorry, that's the way it is. Even when we feel God's pleasure, there might be trouble. But he says, take heart. Because I have overcome the world. You can feel my pleasure even in times of trouble because I give you peace and take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much that you have made us ready, that you have set us up, that you go in the race with us, and Lord, that we want to be at a place where we can feel your pleasure. Help us to know wherever that might be in our lives. God, wherever we go, that we can feel your pleasure. It's in your name we pray. Amen.